You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. I'm joined today by Gary O'Neill. Gary, thanks a million for taking the time to join the show. No bother. Yeah, thank you. So Gary, I'd imagine some people who will be listening to this are more than used to listening to your voice, but for those who aren't, why don't you tell us all about Gary O'Neill? Uh, yeah, um, I'm from Kilkenny. been songwriting for years now. Went to BIM, studied songwriting, but still persisting. So um, I have another album coming out this year, and that's kind of the, the focus at the moment, yeah. yeah. And the style of, of your music? Since I left, it's all Irish. So it's like Irish-themed songwriting at the moment. I think just been miserable and homesick. <laughs> so I've been away for three years. So that's that's the theme now. Every song seems to be about <laughs> old Ireland. <laughs> remnants of famine or something, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd been in, in Canada for a few years, is it? Yeah, Canada and the US for almost two and a half, three years, I think, yeah. yeah. Before you left, you had started in, on the music scene, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. So it was in, um, it was in Dublin kind of playing around for a couple of years, released a couple of EPs and yeah, just gigged frantically and was in a couple of bands, but it was all very nonchalant, I think. Yeah. Youthful misguidance or something yeah, maybe. Yeah. Youthful enthusiasm. Enthusiasm maybe, yeah. 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 that. And at what point or what was it that made you decide that you're going to go solo and take it seriously? Um, well, I was always doing that. I felt like I was always doing that. I felt like I was taking it seriously, but, yeah. but I wasn't in the same bet. I don't know, I just think the grapplings of time and age, I think, always get the better of you. And I think the longer you're doing a certain thing and it's not really getting the results you want, you, you just, you kind of, your focus kind of becomes more yeah. centred. So yeah, I think yeah. just being away, being away from the scene and being active, now that I'm back, it's more of a, yeah. a necessity, you know, to I make this work. It's giving you a bit of impetus, so I suppose, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, probably, yeah. Okay. So take us back to the start, where it all began. Where it all began, David Gray, White ladder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of shaking of the head. <laughs> yeah. Being in the charts for crazy. Too long, time. actually, yeah. yeah. It's mad how he took off in Ireland, actually. Yeah. And that was his his career launched in Ireland. Even yeah, though he's, he's Welsh, Welsh, isn't he? Yeah, he's Welsh. Yeah. So I remember just White Ladder spinning. Um, my dad used to play it a lot. And I picked up a guitar. He kind of taught me the basic stuff. And then I got mad into metal and, and kind of went down that road. But yeah. I remember being about 14 and White Ladder came on. I think the song was obviously, was it Babylon? Um, yeah, that's the one I seem to remember the video for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a game changer, just because I thought guitar was just, how loud and obnoxious can you be? But then, I think that was my first introduction to songwriting. So I went down a whole pigeonhole then of listening to a lot of him and came across Five Ants, who was my favourite artist. Um, John Martin. Yeah, I um, saw John Martin playing the Russian Dove, not you long saw John Martin? passed away. No way. Yeah. Do you know John Martin died in Thomastown? Really? Thomastown is uh, like a sleepy little town. Yeah. 20 minutes from Kilkenny. Yeah, yeah. I just actually heard a story from um, Conor O'Brien from Villagers. Yes. Yeah, so he yeah. used to play guitar for Cathy Davey. Yes. And he told me a story when they were out um, in Thomastown at a gig yeah. playing, possibly just supporting John Martin. And this was around the time where he had one leg missing. Yeah, that's when, it was, was like that when I saw him. Old yeah. and large and sad. Fellow was, and yeah. I think his son was bringing him around the place at the stage, was he? Possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, he just drank himself to death. Like that BBC documentary will will show you what it was like. But yeah. really, really sad. But anyway, he um, he was at the pub anyway, and he was just about to get on, and he fell off his wheelchair. Yeah. And some of the lads apparently shuffled over to help him. Yeah. And while he was on the ground, he just made a swing, swing. <laughs> and he tried to knock your man out, and he was just <laughs> grunting. Yeah. Which is sad because like I I idolize him. You know, yeah, I idolize yeah. him, but but I know what I know where Thomastown is, and I know it's it's a bit of a sleepy town, and it's just sad to think that that's where it this idol spent the last couple of years of his life drinking yeah. and knocking lads out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all like we're good souls going to die, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's left a pretty powerful legacy behind him, though. In fairness, you know. Well, he like as soon as I came across, um, I think May or Never, and like Solid yeah. Air, those kind of tunes. Yeah, that just opened oh, up the whole world. Air is just that whole album. Yeah, no, it, it, it takes you away. Tunings he was using, I, I never even got around to what he actually used, but I just, it it, it made me think about how I could use the guitar a lot more. Yeah. I started using way more intricate open tunings and like, it all kind of came from the stuff he was doing. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's no one, there's no one I've ever seen play the guitar like him. I know Ben Howard as well actually credits a lot of his work 
to John Martin stuff as well, which is kind of yeah. cool. But Thomas Dunn, man, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So How does it happen? How does it happen? Yeah. I actually know the woman as well that uh, he was spending his last couple of years with. Yeah. She's like a family friend. Yeah. <laughs> so. He seemed to be fairly ingrained into all the aspects of that kind of scene at the time. Like there was, He was like the one guy who was almost connected to everyone in some way. Yeah, yeah. You he know? did. Sure, Phil Collins did his last couple of albums and stuff as well. Yeah. You know, all sorts of spirits have gone on, yeah. Yeah, you said there's a documentary on it? Documentary on BBC, yeah. Just, it just follows him around in his house in Thomastown. And um, he's just grumpy and miserable and he's talking about... You know, I think he was trying to finish off one album, yeah. but because of his leg and he was under, he was taking a lot of pain meds. And, yeah. yeah, he was openly saying that he's miserable and he's going to drink himself to death. Yeah. So you kind of see where he's headed with that. Where his head's at, yeah. yeah. And so you said there that it was your dad that taught you to play guitar. So had he a bit of a music background as well? Like all dads, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he, um, yeah, he, he gave me the ropes. Like he, he showed me the basic chords and. and um, bought me my first guitar yeah. but it's gas I, th- I think he he um, he was always okay with me doing music even when I told him I was going to pursue it yeah. full time because he played at like he played at some hotel in Waterford when he was like 19 yeah. and it was a thousand people at it yeah. and they played um, what's that uh, the Eric Clapton song Cocaine oh, yeah. so that, that riff that yeah. That was his part. That's his bit. And he said, "There's no other feeling like playing in front of a crowd." Yeah. So I think only for he had that moment. And you understand? He's okay with me playing. Yeah, yeah he understands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On, on the most, uh, yeah, yeah. in the most Irish way, playing at some uh, like hunt, like debutante ball or something. Very random. In like yeah. the Waterford Gala, or, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But that, that's his. That's his moment of fame. So yeah. I think he knows what that tastes like. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. it's good to have that support. Yeah. And so what was your first gig that you remember playing at? Um, I was in a band when I was 15, 16 called Alka Jesse. Tripe. Absolute tripe. <laughs> if you're to find it online, you, you can. You, it's all there on Bandcamp. But Alka yeah. Jesse, good friends of mine from Kilkenny. Yeah. When was the last time you listened to it yourself? Not, actually, not that long ago. Just because uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had the guy over Jeff. And Jeff was the guy that recorded all our stuff. Yeah. He's one of my best mates. And... Uh, him at the time he bought all this new recording gear and he hadn't got like the pop filter so we just had a sock and a hanger (laughs) and just some used to sell mics and we did it out in the garage and he was over in the house one day because he's now touring with Gavin James oh Um, okay so he's super busy and he's advanced himself quite well so we were just like reminiscing on how ridiculous that was you know and how far he's come because you know that was less than 10 years ago just to think he's gone that far but the first gig we had was in the pump house in Kilkenny I was 16 playing on a Friday night and I remember it well because um, we were doing all our own music on a Friday night in a pub and I had some bowsy spill his pint onto the mic stand and uh, it literally it started like sizzling and then something happened and everything two of the mics just went out off. just a, a total disaster like being anxious enough at that age yeah my first gig yeah yeah so that was the first one and I think it kind of slowly got better after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, only ways up from there. It's only ways up. So you'd already written all your own material at age 16? Yeah, we were writing stuff. Um, I was always writing stuff for that band, yeah. Again, just absolute tripe. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't hold it oh, but to any higher I would regard. think that, as an anything, you probably have to do a lot of bad songwriting first before you get to some good songwriting, right? Yeah, and there's still, there's still terrible songwriting. But I think with anything, just output. Output. And I think there's no shame... I think once you once you're okay with having things that are useless, yeah. then it frees up. It it, it frees you up completely because you know that out of the ten awful awful things you make, yeah. you get like one good thing. Yeah. So I think output's always been a thing because even since I was fourteen, like there was always a heavy amount of songs that used to come out, and I, yeah. I you know you could write them and put them in the bin straight away, but it's yeah. Just it's consistent process, output. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's the way I was always, yeah. And I guess having the ability to uh, identify what the good stuff is is a bit of a trick in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, you think so, yeah. But, you know, some people like what I don't like, so... Yeah, no, that's different, different strokes for different folks. That's it, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what happened next? You were playing in, in that band, and then where did you go from there? 16 in that band till I left Kilkenny, went straight to Dublin, and then started doing solo stuff. Which was like starting from zero again. So yeah. went to like an open mic in the Bleeding Horse pub in yeah. Dublin. Got sick in the bathroom before I went down. 
Um, I think my biggest thing was I always struggled with like, I always like writing and I always like playing, but there was always, even though I had been doing it for a couple of years, there was always like a, like a level of anxiety, which I think was just, you know, I think if you care enough about something and yeah. you really want to do it well, you're always that, going to be that, anxious. That makes you anxious, you know. So yeah. I think that's always what it was. So yeah. started off from the open mics and then over the years met some good people and did a couple of tours, like released two EPs, studied songwriting for a bit, did like single launches and just did what I thought I was supposed to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, went through the process. And then I left, then I went abroad. Yeah. <laughs> After, I think it was three and a half years in Dublin, just, uh, yeah, pub gigging and, and doing the songwriter stuff and kind of having a little niche. you a level of fatigue with that, would you? Um, I don't think it was fatigue, I just think it was already misguided, you know. I just, I knew, I went to a five, five ants gig and that's when I kind of made the jump to yeah. pursue it full time. And I thought that was just play as much as you can a hundred times over yeah. and something will come up so I think it was all very directionist you know a gig to me was I would have done a pub gig on a Friday night and I would have also played at some songwriter showcase but just never considered which one was beneficial to my career and which one was just kind of useless you know thing. playing yeah, a pub gig yeah. isn't, is useless to a career but yeah. I didn't know any difference so. yeah, it's all learning experience too yeah the EPs that you released self self done or how does that work or? um yeah, um, they were done with um, my friend Stephen in Temple Lane. Stephen loved it. My friend Jeff helped out, kind of co-produced it. Didn't really do a whole lot. Um, again, I, I would look back on those and think that they're kind of tripe, you know. Yeah. I think I've advanced a lot since, but they were they were okay at the time, yeah. But just yeah. the fidelity, I, I, the fidelity wasn't great, and yeah. they weren't mastered very well. But yeah, they're they're okay. Yeah. I think the launches went well. Like we had a launch in Dublin years ago. Um, that was pretty well received yeah. but you know the next one will be better and yeah, the next yeah. one after that will be yeah, better yeah, yeah. and yeah. so on yeah. <laughs> it's okay. the process and then the move to Canada came then move to Canada came yeah and then you're almost starting from zero again then are you it was yeah you know and it's I went over there to Chicago with the intention of like pursuing it a bit more and continuing to write and stuff but then I just think as soon as you leave whatever the, the routine is yeah um, there's other priorities so just living abroad and experiencing that. Then I went to Canada and yeah, Canada was amazing because it opened up a whole new world of, I got to live in the outdoors and experience. Have you ever been to BC? No, not yet. Man. Definitely in my Yeah, uh, game changer. Yeah. Game changer. Lived in uh, Vancouver for a bit and lived up in North Vancouver. Bought a van and got into mountaineering. You know, got really into mountaineering actually. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I think there, there always has to be something. I think, I think with people that have some sort of creative agenda, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of manic, I think, in everyone. And I wasn't doing music as much, but I was frantically hiking, do you know, yeah. or doing, or buying outdoor gear, or, or going on some mad trek. Yeah. So I think there's a, a compulsion to do, to do something. So yeah, I stepped away from music for a little bit, but I found something else in return. Yeah. Which was, you committed to equally as. Yeah. <laughs> Overcommitted, but <laughs> every Jesus, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was a couple of years of that. So. Yeah, but maybe that like aspect of doing something so extreme and uh, having a change of experience <clears throat> might have inspired your move back towards music a bit. Yeah, well, there, there was always writing as well. Do you know, it was just it was with no um, there was no intention. I found before when you're active and you're writing, there's like an intention there because you're doing it, um, like for a purpose, but. Just living abroad and, and traveling a bit, still continuously writing, but it seemed a lot more nonchalant, I guess. Yeah. And the songs still exist, and, and they're they're coming up on the new EP and stuff. Yeah. But when I was writing them, they were just, you know, um, it was what you were doing. Directionless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And about that process, if you don't mind me asking, like, how, yeah. how do you start that? Do you sit down as a pen in hand type scenario, or do you have a thought for what you want to do, or just see what happens? So the, the, I don't have any rule, but the only actually there is one rule. The one rule I have is um, there's no rules. There's no rules. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd sit down with the guitar and kind of fiddle away. And whatever um, the first line that comes, I find that's really important because that's when you're not um, not nothing's constructed. It's okay. just I'm always fascinated by the idea of like when you when you sit down to write something or to make something, yeah. the first thing that comes is completely. Um, it's almost unconscious, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's free if a line comes to your mind, or, 
or if you write something and you draw something, it's all it's complete free flow. Yeah. So the one thing I have is whatever the line is yeah. or the melody is, that has to stay. Okay. So the first line of every song I have is always the worst because <laughs> it's the one that uh, Did you base it on. But the, has I been, have to base the song uh, on that because yeah. my, I have this rule where whatever is coming, that has to be the direction it goes. You know. Um, but yeah, the first the first line I, I have a strict rule about keeping that. That's pretty good. Uh, if it works for you as a process, then you're better off just sticking yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise, you know, I think you can. If you start overthinking the song before the song exists, yeah. you're, you're you're going nowhere. But yeah. if, if you let the first line or two flow, yeah. you kind of take a direction. Then melody writing always came easy enough. You know, I think everyone has that as well. You know, yeah. I think there's loads of people I know that just think of lads that whistle. Think of lads that whistle. You know, yeah. If yeah, you yeah, actually could deconstruct about their whistling about or what the melody is, yeah. it's beautiful. I think everyone. If maybe there's an Irish music thing. In them. Yeah. A little bit of a lilt or something yeah. going on in everyone. Yeah. So that's kind of the equivalent of the way we're storytellers as people, too, I suppose. Having that sense of kind of pattern or rhythm or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're mad as well. We're just, I, keep, I don't know. I keep talking about Ireland, but we're an island. Like We're an island away from everything else. Yeah. Like we're very unique, and it's okay that we're all a bit mad. Yeah. But I think it's, uh, it's justified. You know. Oh yeah, I, I remember explaining to a few ladies who were in the shop here the last day and they'd lived in London for a while but they were from somewhere in Asia I'm trying to remember, I think it was Philippines Right. and uh, they were just fascinated by Irish people and I explained to them, I was like, well our, our national kind of mindset is, it'll be grand Yeah, 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 yeah. When I explained <laughs> that to them, they're like, oh that's what it is <laughs> I said, now we understand all the interactions we've had with people yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Nobody said it to them before Yeah, yeah. It's pity they hadn't got that memo before they arrived, you know? Yeah, yeah. But no, I know we're super advanced and stuff, but think about, I don't know, where I'm in the West now for the first time and I've been out to Connemara and the islands yeah. and stuff and there's a, there's just a different rhythm and it is a different like... Oh, the pace of life is different. Yeah, the pace of life, but but just, I've met a couple of mad old lads hanging out by the stones and <laughs> I don't know, there, there's something about yeah. just something, it's like harsh or something. There's The weather's harsh, the landscape's harsh. Yeah, yeah. Just the, People's faces are harsh, you know. There's there's something about the West, and I'm just talking more about the older demographic that have kind of lived here yeah, yeah, for a long time. Just that that sea breeze hitting your face for that long, you know. Yeah, it's I just think there's something to you, like. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've just I'm noticing it more now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty old place. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's plenty to look at in fairness. <laughs> plenty to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Should be the tagline of yeah, the Wild Atlantic Way. <laughs> Lads, we got a new campaign. <laughs> plenty to look at, and for miles. Yeah. So moving back to songs, uh, I'm curious then if it's so freeform and so open as regards how you start the song, and you've no sense of where it's going. Trying to then <clears> form a structure around that for the songs to tie, tie together for an album. Yeah. How does that work? Do you know what? That that's one thing I'm not. Yeah, that's a good question because I don't. Um, I love when other people do that. Yeah. I, I haven't. I haven't found that yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, concept albums. I adore. Actually, De- do you know Deckner work? Yes. So Deckner work brought out an album, Chronicles of the Great Irish Famine. I think it's called. Okay. Yeah. I heard it took him 15 years to make, which is amazing. Yeah. That something can take that long. Yeah. Um, and still want to do it at the end. And still want to do it. Yeah. And <laughs> still actually. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But he, yeah, it's just it's it's got a beginning, middle, and end, and it's just it's just kind of whole biopic yeah. of an album, and uh, I love that as a concept, and that's what I want to strive for. Yeah. But I feel like like just like most writing, it's just that's kind of a there's something very formative about that. There's yeah. a maturity to, to the level of being songwriting that that takes. Yeah. To well, the famine is tough to write about yeah. as well. You know, if you're an Irish folk songwriter, yeah. that's tough. But. Uh, I haven't quite got that yet. I, I just find that songs, there's a general theme of what I'm writing about based on the time. But yeah. when it comes down, when it comes down to putting them all together, I don't feel they tie into each other. Yeah, and, and that's grand as well, you know. I suppose your your mood at any given time as you're writing too is going to, you know, inform what you're doing. Yeah. As you said, like now that you're back in Ireland, it's totally different to what you would have written when you were abroad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think do people actually listen to albums like that anymore? I mean, I, I find it hard. I, I brought in the old. CD and amp player here in the shop and sometimes I force myself to put it on a CD because I just find if you're just doing like Spotify or whatever it's too yeah. easy to skip around and yeah. jump between things as opposed to like sit down or well let me just sit down but just actually make yourself listen to an album as yeah. it's supposed to flow yeah I don't I don't think the, I don't agree with the tension spam yeah. I don't think there's a tension spam anymore I think that's 
Well, that's, that's how I'm going as well. Like even the stuff I'm doing now, I'll, I'll be doing a series of singles yeah. and EPs. I just think it's more constructive. And I think it's the longevity of like, because to release stuff now, it's it's never really financial. It's more just like activity, yeah. you know, like frequent activity. And I think a lot of friends that are releasing now, it's always, you know, even the EP is a relatively new thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like four to five tracks. Yeah, I just don't need the headspace for it, man. And I and I'm I'm on both sides. I'm on the side of I wish we were people listen to albums, yeah, but yeah. I don't even do that sometimes. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you know. So I'm I'm just as bad as everyone else. Maybe albums are kind of more the preserve of people who are well established who have the time and yeah, yeah, resources yeah. to go feck it I'm going to make an album about the famine yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and, and people like me will adore it and yeah, I'll yeah. love and I'll listen to that thing start to finish and I'll understand yeah. the concept and, and, and everything yeah. but at the same time I would flick through songs very passively you know it's yeah, it's yeah. sad it's a sad truth of it you know? yeah so what what is your feelings as an artist on Spotify it's double edged sword I'd imagine yeah oh yeah oh, 100% yeah oh, double edged I mean I've seen good friends of mine take off because of it. Yeah, you know, there's def- there's there's definitely like a quick recipe for success if you get into that algorithm of yeah, you get into some playlists and stuff. But there's you could pick a hundred people that have exploded the last say five years because of Spotify. Yeah. So if you're on that side, happy days. Great. And I think even like Dimmer Kennedy is the yes. Irish example. Yeah, yeah. Massive, yeah. He massive. To come out of nowhere, like almost. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, everyone seems to come out of nowhere, and I sure you know that. He was doing it for a long time before Edin took off. Yeah. But it was the Spotify song that did the rounds that yeah. just took him from zero to a hundred. Yeah. And look at him now. And it's not that nobody's, everyone's worthy of it. I think if you're doing it for long enough, everyone's worthy of it. Yeah. Some people just have, you know, luck and opportunity can meet at the same time. Yeah. So for someone like him, it's great. The other side of Spotify is I think it's just, it's strictly economics, you know, I think yeah. if I'm looking at, I'm looking at my music as a business, we'll say, for example, and I'm selling a product and my product is music. Yeah. But it's free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I had that, if, if I compare like some, some fella selling socks, he's yeah. got a sock company. Yeah. But his socks are free. Yeah, he can't exactly. sell his socks, yeah. you know, yeah. or, or, or his, his socks can actually be got somewhere else for free. Yeah. How is he going to compete? Do you know? So there's this, this surge of like, um, I can't sell you something that you won't buy. Yeah. I can't sell you something that is free to you. Yeah, yeah. So if your if your main product has no um, can't be prosperous, then there's what a big void there. And I don't think yeah. anyone's really caught up with yeah. what that looks like for the future. Because it's I think almost it's like we just legitimized illegal downloading. Do you know what? I think you that's know? yeah. Because yeah. because LimeWire and the, stuff. Yeah, the consumer still is now paying for it. But you as artists are still basically getting nothing out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a, a formal version of, uh, was it Naps or is that the thing that Lars Ulrich shut down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lars Ulrich shut down, I can't believe that. But even, yeah, I remember like the hassle of limeware and stuff. Yeah. And you know you're doing the wrong thing, but yeah, that's actually, that's a good point, yeah. What, what do you make of it, actually? I was curious. Spotify. Uh, like, I love the fact that I can discover such a vast array of music and be exposed to stuff I might never have access to otherwise. Mm. But I always still feel a little guilty when mm. I play through Spotify because I know what well, it's not worth a damn to mm. the artist. Yeah. Now I try to go to gigs as often as I can, but obviously if it's something more obscure or a band that's not from Ireland or even Europe, there's nothing really I can do to yeah, support yeah. them. True. You know. True. That is true. So it's yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag again. It's 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 fantastic in some ways, but uh, you almost have buyer's remorse the whole time, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just don't think anyone's really caught up with what it means for the future. Yeah. And I think amidst the rat race, you know, I think everyone's just jumped on, you know. I think even if I was on the fence about Spotify, yeah. I think it'd be foolish for me not to utilize it. Oh, yeah. It, because yeah, if yeah. you're on the good side of it. Yeah. But it'd be like the equivalent of having a business and, and not having a website. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just yeah, yeah. don't really have a choice. Yeah. You know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I found I've even come across people on Spotify and ended up at their gig or I just I just know their music now yeah. so I know it can expose you and people are probably the same with me as well I know people wouldn't have otherwise heard it but I don't know I, I think I think to like shackle your fists and give out about it is like come on it's yeah, 2019 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, gonna have to. it's already taken over it's yeah. already advanced itself I yeah, don't think yeah. we can be rebellious against it Yeah, it's like Eden. it's just you know there, there will be something else down, down the line. line I just don't think we've We've yeah. figured it out yet. Yeah, it's true. It's true. People make people make a ton of money from. It's the same too because my my friend Kiran's a photographer. Yeah. 
and Instagram's kind of been his double edge as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, he hates the idea of it, but he's yeah. got so much work out of it as well. Oh, uh, like I find using it for myself with the photographers is exhausting. Do you? Right. Um, just because you're still trying to be authentic, but then it's very hard to be authentic. <clears throat> All when you're hashtagging <laughs> yeah right and there's some days you just don't want to put stuff up but the reality of it is no more than that I have gotten plenty of work because of it yeah you know because you have a you have a tra- photography thing right? yes yeah yeah so that'd be my second business uh, I do wedding commercial photography right. and a lot of the more interesting work I've found has been through there so I suppose it gives you a chance to have a direct conversation with people whereas if you're just listing on general websites and people are emailing you like I can see one particular site I'm listed, so you can see how many people they've sent the inquiry to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it could have gone to 10 other people. So it's very hard to bother feeling like you should be very genuine or right, 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 right. when they haven't really been in their initial mm-hmm. interaction with you. That's fine, you understand. For a lot of people, it's, it's motivated purely on convenience and price. And that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Instagram, I have found some of the people I'm more interested in working with or the stuff I've enjoyed more has come through there. Mm. So... Just gonna have to keep writing those hashtags, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I, I, it's a weird that um, because I was talking to Kieran as well, like with photography. For him, there was no real like platform where his work would have been online, say for like at a price, you know. Yeah, Sitting yeah. with music, like I, I would have had stuff online that you would have purchased. Yeah. But with him, like there was no real place for him to put his work. Yeah, yeah. Unless it was a website or portfolio. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of curious because like people give out about it a lot, but I think unless think you're selling all your pictures all the time, exactly, yeah. Then okay. why don't you just have them up anyway? Yeah, it's basically a portfolio. It's a, oh, web, yeah, it's a yeah, website 100%, 100%. for some people. So and no more than that, the people who want to find you will find you, and maybe once in a while you'll get lucky with being randomly found by some something that's going to turn out to be very important, or very valuable. You know, you got any of those um, endorsements? We have to. You know, take a picture with a product or something. Oh, I, I ha- I've been contacted <laughs> by countless people. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Have you not yeah. done it? No. No, not really. No. Like, get a bit of that endorsement like, money, man. Yeah, I know that's sweet, sweet endorsement <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah. They pay you in big exposures. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I had like watch what companies and sports clothing companies, and but like it's no more than that. It's it's been copy and pasted into your. They've obviously just searched hashtag photography. And sent it to like six thousand people, and then whoever responds, you know, it's, it's not it's not genuine. Yeah. Oh, you, you don't think you get it out of it? No. Ah, uh, get some free gear, maybe. Or? Yeah, maybe. I, you know, I'm essentially a cranky man, and I couldn't be bothered doing it. So <laughs> right, right. For me, I'm like, ah, go away, don't be yeah. me, you know. Because uh, I've I've seen that too, and when it works, it it works really well. We had a a small stint in Canada where um it wasn't really any of my doing, but. Yeah. My friend was a photographer, and she got some kind of brand ambassadorship thing. Oh yes, yeah, and even if yeah. it's just like getting free stuff, yeah, 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 take it. Back, uh, and I know? think again, it's it's more than what we talk about with Spotify. There's probably going to be the one or two lucky people here and there that gets genuine companies who are passionate about what their product is, oh, yeah. and yeah. and then other people <clears throat> just want to to sell their stuff for them. You know, mm. yeah, very true. Um, okay, so why did you come back from Canada? Why did I come back? Uh, visa issues. <laughs> um, you know, I almost left Canada actually like five times. I was over there. Um, I almost left after like four months, but I almost left again. So I had this back and forth thing for ages where I was miserable for so long. I didn't know why I was there. And then I kind of found a niche. And that's when I started exploring some of the outdoors and bought a van and kind of opened up yeah. that world. And then I moved to Mexico and kind of just traveled as much as I could until I eventually got home so I think it was just started in Canada then did the States yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's what made more sense but um, I think just the timing felt right Um, I don't know for me I felt like I could have traveled for a lot more or for a lot longer a lot longer I should say Um, but I think the longer I was away from music in a career sense the more career came into my head okay. and the more I just thought about you know I can travel around and I can do all these great things but I'm not really building a foundation that's strong enough to build a career so yeah. I think again just grapplings of time and age and yeah, yeah. kind of weighing everything up you know I could just travel travel away but it's 
there comes a point where you have to there comes a point decision. where I need to be yeah. taken more seriously so I was yeah. still doing a lot of writing but I felt like it was all very directionless so the idea was to come home and, and kind of focus more on music entirely yeah. so that's been the last Not a, it's not even a year since I'm home so it's been a super proactive year yeah. getting it all together and all the releases are set for like September and then 2020 yeah. busy gigging schedule for 2020 um, so yeah that's kind of been the last year just building on that yeah. you know and so coming back to Ireland, re-establishing yourself, did you have some old kind of relationships and connections for the yeah. gigs and stuff that you were able to tap into? Yeah, big time, yeah. With the gigs and even just lads that I played with, and my good friend is producing it at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic, Thomas Dunhu from Kilkenny. And then, yeah, just old friends helping out. And Yeah, it, it, three years seems like a long time, but it's actually not, you know. Three, three years can pass relatively quickly in Ireland you know mm. I find that the year has gone by so quick since I've been home yeah. but a year abroad feels like a lifetime so yeah. it's kind of the um, it's kind of a funny paradox there coming back to Ireland there had the kind of atmosphere and vibe changed in Ireland much for you in those three years I don't know I, I noticed I noticed more like habits people's habits yeah yeah I'm um, just trying to think the one thing I noticed actually straight away which has been the thing I'm trying to work on the most was I don't know what it is about music friends I have or people that play music yeah. that were so cynical and so like destructive yeah. of other people's music. Okay. Um, that I found there's just there's an Irish cynicism there that's really yeah, deep, yeah. and I think just being abroad and maybe just been around kind of a friendly Canadian atmosphere. They're very friendly. They are very friendly. Yeah. Um, and then in like a non-threatening way yeah. but yeah the one thing I noticed was like since I came back right if I was listening to a song two years ago I'd say crap no just dispose of it I think that's oh, useless yeah. and I'd be so um, so critical of it you know yeah. and I realised that um, that doesn't benefit you it either. doesn't benefit me at all and if anything it's actually just a mirror of like me just like destroying someone else's music is actually just a reflection on it's a reflection of how I'm not probably happy musically or where my career is going or creatively yeah, yeah. and stuff and I think there's it's always to be more negative yeah. towards someone else and do something about your own absolutely yeah. so since I came back like there's a lot of artists that are doing pretty well in Ireland yeah. that I would have dismissed years ago yeah. but they're obviously doing something right yeah. so there's people that I don't want to give names because it sounds like I'm, I'm giving out that I don't like their music but there are people that I've listened to that I don't enjoy their music but there's something about the process and what they do what they're doing that works so I'm yeah. just taking the best elements from everyone yeah, yeah. and I think it's it is a real challenge because there is like there's a miserable cynicism that I think we all kind of have yeah. and I still have it as well even if I go to gigs I think it's crap um, yeah. but I'm trying to find positive elements in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. things um, there's also the fact that we all started somewhere and I think it's yeah. you get to know a little bit about something and it's easy to be dismissive and then maybe when you get more comfortable with what you do yourself as you'd said because I think I would have been guilty of that with photography as well look and stuff and be going oh, what's this shit yeah <laughs> so judgmental man, you know? so <laughs> judgmental. it's bad news because uh, we're, so, we're so small it's a small little country and we're all uh, you, could, uh, think just, you could probably know that person if you if you worked hard enough you could probably meet them or you'd get to know yeah, them through someone yeah, yeah 100% and that's the thing like, I don't want to be like Saying bad things about people um, that you'll probably come across later yeah, down the yeah, line, yeah. you know. So I'm, yeah. I'm maybe it turns out you meet them and you actually like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like everyone's got their own. And this is it. Like music as well is a weird thing where people try to always like trying to look at a success story and, and everyone tries to emulate. Yeah, but because everything's really up in the air, with just with, with I guess the nature of Spotify and and just life, just yeah, 2019. Yeah, do you know what that means for people? trying to make a career in music there's no real recipe and there never has been it's always been the way where there's no real format that people take that works yeah. for everyone so I think it's it's hard to look at other people's success and emulate that and yeah. also destroy it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just yeah, yeah. be a nicer person yeah. don't rip everyone off and yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen to it on its own merits as opposed yeah. to how you yeah, feel yeah. about it because there's some fast there's some there's some great music coming out of Ireland at the moment yeah. there really is there's a big more of a surge actually than I, I thought when I left I yeah. find that there's a couple of artists that are making big waves internationally yeah. and I just feel there's more of them now yeah yeah maybe I'm wrong maybe I just heard of them when I was in Canada yeah. well I think 
this is something we've talked about in a lot of the episodes so far, is that now our generation and even the younger generation have seen that it's possible to succeed doing something creative. Yeah. That it's yeah. not necessary to have the office job or finish the college <laughs> career, all the stuff that we're seemingly told you need to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a bit easier to be braver about putting the effort in and doing something you want to do. And I think the more of those people that try that, yeah. the more success is going to be in music or mm-hmm. art or whatever it might be. I think that might be part of it in mm-hmm. this current climate anyways. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a blessing. Yeah. I do think the consequence of that is that I feel like I'm soft or something. You know? <laughs> I feel like that me not wanting to just work yeah, but the 10,000 like hours in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, I just feel that soft. Yeah. And uh, it's it's like, it's yeah, there's both sides to it. I had a conversation with my dad as well about, you know, he's had the same job for 30 odd years yeah. and he's just slugged away and he hates it. He doesn't yeah, yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. But it's just kind of, that's the life, you know. And and yeah. I think for the first time there's a there's a shift. In people's mindsets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's even just creatively. I just think, we don't need to do that. Do you know, the world yeah, is sort of more accessible. Yeah, there's an understanding now, suddenly, that hold, it, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's not like, we're not like, I don't know, growing up in that time, I felt like there was, like, the Irish economy was building and there's a sense yeah, of like, there's yeah. a surge of like, the working class, where yeah. I just don't think that, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think it exists yeah. anymore. Um, but yeah, no, you're dead right. I think it, it's, it's good that people are being bold. Yeah. Um, Which is encouraging to see. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some cool people doing some stuff. Some cool people doing some stuff. <laughs> that came out wrong. Um, like Vancouver had a had a bit of a strange one where there was a lot of people doing a lot of jobs that were I found a bit questionable. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how they're building careers out of it. Yeah. But they were, you know, yeah. and I, and it, they were kind of alt jobs. Like I'm trying to think of examples of like people that were. Well, I think it's, I spoke to a friend here yesterday and she's from the States originally and she's been learning for a while and she says she finds it harder to pursue stuff here creatively because it doesn't seem like it's as easy to succeed and live a life with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas back home she thought it was easier to do that and pay your bills and make a living. Whereas now she's like, I can't just do that. I need to have a job and do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I would have found that too. I think North American culture is a lot more accessible like- for yeah, but they also have way more. Um, they've like, not um, uh, well. They're way more ambition. I think there's more ambitious goals that you can you can you do. They just, they've been told it's possible from a young age, or yeah, fed the well, not fed the, but they've been told it's it's possible, and the dream is there. Whereas, but but sometimes it is. Like I had a I had a couple of people I knew that, would you, as an example, like think of all the small cafes you obviously well know. There was a couple of ones in Vancouver, and there was a, a girl I knew that was basically freelancing and she yeah. was it was under the role of like community development but there was also yeah. a couple of other people that were doing yeah. like development for yes. the cafe yeah. and it was like community outreach stuff yeah. could you imagine if someone rocked up to you and you were paying them to do like community outreach in my column yeah. that job doesn't exist here yeah, yeah. but in Vancouver and in North America there are jobs there where you can be basically like someone that walks in yeah. to like a cafe space that's new and exciting and be like okay we're going to do we're going to do some fun stuff yeah. and you're getting a proper wage for that like you know there's there's jobs there that exist because it's North America yeah, and they just yeah. they just don't happen here so I know what she was talking about yeah, there about like yeah. the opportunity there because you know like they have a, that's an that's an ambitious role to take yeah, but yeah. could you take that over to Ireland no of course you know you could you might even get you might even get that in Dublin like you know yeah. you couldn't just rock up and be a what's it like a relationship specialist or an art therapist or yeah yeah there's there's loads there's loads but I don't know I think someday yeah oh we're heading there we're heading there just it may take it take a bit more time yeah (laughs) but I actually was reading an article recently about people that make money on Instagram like the high earners yeah yeah like crazy stuff it's insane yeah and I I realised what it takes and you were even saying like how frustrating it is to be because there's like a consistency and there's an aesthetic you have to match and there's the hashtag yeah, algorithm yeah. you need to match and stuff and it's a whole business but if you're in the business and you're on the good end of that it, like is, your, you, it is your business to be but fair, your, like. your business is really like just traffic it's it's traffic yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it's like Google clicks yeah like 15 years later yeah you you're know? like a mix of a designer and a developer and yeah. all sorts of things but sometimes there's not I've, I, the woman I was reading about actually was like she had like 500,000 followers and she yeah. was just she wasn't a model. She she was just endorsing certain brands, yeah. and she was good. I guess she was good looking. I guess was was kind of the catch. And she was wearing 
people's products and also standing in nice places. And yeah, she got yeah. to travel the world and take these pictures. Yeah. And that one picture was had enough traffic. Yeah, to generate. Yeah. Making like 10 grand a week or something. It's Have insane. Like, this lady in the UK that just cleans her house and people watch her? Go away. It's a massive thing. I think she's called like Mrs. Trench or something. Mrs. Trench. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up for the show notes, but like she genuinely has like a couple of million followers and all she does is make videos about herself going around bleaching her toilet and go away really? I swear to god no this, way. this is a massive thing that actually sounds like you're the, the Japanese show or the Japanese woman that does a show on Netflix yeah oh the she tie, yeah, yes, stuff tie, yes I put on five great. minutes of that and I was like I don't get it <laughs> I don't but I do but after what I've watched it and now I do yeah. it's, I think people just enjoy watching things been neat you know? <laughs> it just and gives it, them a sense of completion while they look at their dirty house yeah yeah but if you're on that side of your, your dirty old messer like yeah. you'll probably look at that yeah. and want to aspire to be that yeah. but then the neat freaks also enjoy yeah. the aesthetics to grace someone like me yeah oh man I, she actually had a thing where she um, the way she folds her t-shirts yeah. she rolls them up and, and puts them in like a stacks them in such a way where you you can see all of them they're not on top of each other <laughs> oh man Game changer. And even the socks as well. Just don't put the socks flat. Stick them up. So everything's <laughs> upright. So it's like uh, it's like looking at a load of pencil tops. Huh. Yeah, I can see that. I guess. Game changer. Yeah, man. I can and see that. Uh, that sounds like a lot of effort, though. Ah, it is, but you know, it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, I was inspired after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's your sock drawer? <laughs> Better now, anyway. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's head back to some music. Can just keep Sorry. an eye on some timer? No, that's, that was good. That was good. Uh, so, maybe give me a few people that have inspired you throughout your career music-wise. You talked about John Martin and David Gray. Yeah. Anyone else that kind of informs your, for want of a better word, aesthetic for music? Yeah. I feel like in a way I owe everything to Foy Vance. Yeah. Do you know who he is? No, but right. this is like the third or fourth time you mentioned him, so I'm going yeah, to have yeah. to look him up. I don't want it to be mistaken for five ants. Yeah. Like the number five and then ants, the insects. Yeah. It's F-O-Y-V-A-N-C-E. He's a, he's from the North, he's from Banger, County Town. Oh, he's been around. Vance. Yeah, oh, Five Ants. Yes, yes. I see, actually, yes. you know, now yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought it was it Five Ants. It was Five Ants. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. And I've tried for years to say that and everyone gets it wrong. And then people say, oh, you mean Vance Joy? Yeah. Definitely not Vance Joy. <laughs> just, um, just make sure it's not him. Yeah. I went to see him in the Sugar Club when I was 19 yeah. and that was do you know when you're that age and you think you have these profound moments where like the world changes and stuff yeah. um, but you're actually just full of it yeah. like I wasn't full of it it actually was a game changer do you yeah. know I look back now and, and even still have this profound impact on my well, life well the fact that you can still identify that as a moment really did oh, yeah, actually yeah. have impact it did happen yeah and I was you know like I was young but I definitely I felt something that night do you know yeah. so he had a gig that night yeah that was kind of the moment I decided to I was in college and I dropped out and that kind of opened up what I was going to do yeah. and I'm still doing it but but I owe I think I owe so much of what, what I'm trying to do to him and yeah. I was listening to him years before that got the chance to see him years after as well don't know what it is about him I think there's just he's kind of a the stuff he's doing now he's kind of a soul singer yeah I've um, actually heard I'm familiar with some of his stuff I actually yeah. have a few of his songs on my okay, random right, list right. in Spotify <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's he's one of a kind man. Just what, what what he can do, what he can do to a song yeah. is just it's out of this world. This indiscriminate act of kindness, I think, is one of his old big hits, and oh, yeah. it just gets me every time. So I think I think him, the years in Dublin I had when I was actually more active. I think I was just inspired by the people that were around me yeah. that were also doing pretty well. So like yeah. Calamore is yeah. a good friend of mine, one of my best mates actually. Um. I think he's I hold him up as like my favourite songwriter modern Irish songwriter that I know I met a guy years ago in Dublin who ended up doing pretty well and we gigged together a little bit and again I, I think he's just quite um, what's the word prolific in his age uh, David Keenan oh David I saw him play the Russian dub he did right uh, yeah. about six months ago mm. that was it's intense, man. He's an intense dude. Yeah, it was. Really intense dude. Yeah, yeah. He's got this weird kind of Killian Murphy kind of eyes going on. It's just a bit hard to look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, um, for a minute, I wasn't quite sure. But then I realized he's totally invested in what he's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for yeah. the moment, I thought it was like 
man, is this is this like part of the show? And yeah. then I realized, no, he actually does. Yeah, yeah. Think this, or he does. Like he's fully committed to what he's doing. Yeah. Like. A lot of people are on the fence because I know that. Like I, I met him years ago in the Bleeding Horse Pub, and yeah. uh, we did a couple of gigs together, and just always found him a very, very intense, intense guy. Yeah. And he, not in a bad way, just in a, in a way where he, he he just absolutely knew where he stood musically the whole time. Yeah. And I felt like even though. You know, at the time we were all kind of cutting, cutting our teeth at it. Yeah. He was just ahead of the game for everyone else. He was yeah. way ahead of it. And he's that blip on the radar as well. Yeah, he is. And you know, I think his trajectory is just going to absolutely yeah. soar. Um, in the same vein, like Alvaretti is a good friend of mine, and, and Baskerville, the two lads from Wexford. Yeah. Um, my friend Jeff, who's doing pretty well now, and like Harbouring Oceans, all the guys out of that band, lads from Kilkenny. I think now I'm just inspired by people that are doing well. Dan Elliott, another friend of mine, doing pretty well at the moment. Yeah, people, I, I think people that are doing well, but it's also tangible. Yeah, like, yeah, I can yeah. I can feel it, yeah, and yeah. I can I can actually Connected. see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, more so than just people's music that I stumble across. Yeah, I think yeah, if I can see the success and I can see, and you know they've put the work in and live it, yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 better. Yeah. And uh, okay, randomly, two three albums just hit me. Oh, two albums. Leif Vollebeck, Twin Solitude. That's a recent one, actually, because he is Canadian. And I came across him when I was over there. Yeah. Uh, the most recent game changer, I would say. Yeah. So he, uh, he's a Canadian guy, um, records a lot of his stuff on old ribbon mics and, yeah. and kind of has this weird, um, very, very particular way of recording where it, 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 it just, it, they seem like old time recordings and it feels yeah. like it's all, kind of recorded the tape but uh, just changed the game for me because realise how much you can how much life can be in a song yeah. if you just get the right take yeah just no regard to the well regard to the fidelity but not the overproduction and stuff he's more um, aiming for the feeling just, yeah, just the song. app yeah. Yeah, yeah so that one five ants I have to put him up there um, yeah. any of his albums Hope or Joy of Nothing yeah. kind of changed the game for me a bit that's two. I think That's three. Ten Lizzy Wild One, which I know was a compilation of greatest hits. Yeah, but that yeah. was that was the soundtrack of like my entire childhood. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to spin that all the time. My dad told me about seeing Ten Lizzy play three random like on tune, but like somewhere equally as They did a lot of Irish tours in some mad places. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Everyone's dad saw Ted Lizzy yeah, at some point. So, yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's yeah. the problem. My, yeah. my dad thinks so that it's a Ten Lizzy movie that they were supposed to do for so long, yeah? Well, I might do now because she's after dying. Yes, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. So you'd wonder would they do a kind of a, a bit of a homage kind of to the two. Yeah. yeah. Those, those, yeah. Oh, there's probably so many more. But Tin Lizzy, Leaf Wallabeck, and then anything with five bands. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, okay, so we'll come back to where people can find you. Give me your <clears throat> what's going on with you at the moment? Where are you playing? What's Wednesday album out and so forth? Not playing anywhere at the moment. Had a couple of gigs in July that went well. Um, started trying out a duo, just me and a fiddle. Yeah. Um, at the moment, just get the album finished, get the single out by September, October, yeah. and then I'll probably have a, a tour um, with a friend of mine, trying to get a small band together. So I'll be looking at probably October where do Cork and Limerick and Kilkenny and Galway and Dublin. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of on the fence at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think September will be the big September October will be the big yeah, yeah. month where everything will start coming Keeping out. Because I've I've gathered everything at the moment. Yeah. I've I've got all the content there. It's just a matter of releasing it now and yeah. heavy touring next year. Yeah. So where would you like to play if you could pick a few spots of anywhere kind of ambitious? Venues or yeah, venues. Yeah. Canis Cathedral in Kilkenny. Okay. That's the that's the goal I set. I have a picture of it on the wall actually that I look at every day. It's a yeah. uh, Saw so Mick Flannery there when I was 16. Ah, oh, Mick. Ah, Mick. That man. Yeah. Um, wasn't, was was taken away by the gig yeah, as yeah. much as the venue. So it was kind of, I enjoyed his his I music at the time. I enjoy him because it's so deeply serious what he writes about in some ways. And yet he just utterly takes the pick mm. out of himself yeah, at yeah, the same yeah. time. In yeah, the yeah. best possible way. Yeah, yeah, you're dead uh -huh. right. It kind of, it, it, it creates a nice balance. Yeah. Um, that Mickmas EP, have you heard that? No. Oh, I'll have to get, I have it in the car. We'll play it in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, his, um, what was that album? White. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, Christ, what was it? It's funny how he just released a self-titled album now after all these years, isn't it? Well, he's also got that thing with the play as well. Yeah. He's got a play, uh, someone's doing a, a play of some songs off his first album, I think. It's, okay. it's in Cork. It, look, yeah. it looks quite cool, and I think there's yeah. a... There's I something saw him nice playing about that. Lone restaurant here in Galway last year. Cool. That was very, very good. That is strange. Weird venue, but yeah. really good gig. Yeah. yeah very, uh, I think he just did whatever the fuck he wanted, shouldn't yeah. he? Well, you can if, at this <laughs> stage. You can if you're, if you're doing it that long. Yeah. Do what you want. He played Blackgate recently, I didn't get around to it. Yes, I missed that as well. I missed that as well. Yeah. But he did, yeah. He, the Canis's thing, which I think is more attainable now because I'm from there and yeah. like the idea is to just have this big, huge homecoming show yeah. within the next five years. Um, when things when things take off yeah. I think everyone wants to play the Olympia yeah. I just want to play the Sugar Club which right. I think I'll actually do in the next I'll definitely in the next five years I'll have my own show there because it's not that yeah. it's not overly ambitious but yeah, because yeah. of the five ants thing yeah. I set myself that goal years ago so yeah, okay. yeah I'm not going to it's nice to have a target in mind as well be over ambitious yeah Sugar Club and Canis is yeah. <laughs> Cool, yeah. just those yeah. <laughs> just those for now yeah that's yeah. fine uh, okay and on Spotify the guys can find you pretty easy oh sorry Gary O'Neill yeah. yeah everything's two, Gary O'Neill two L's two L's one R yeah <laughs> uh, Instagram and stuff not very active but yeah it's Keep there Spotify in September October will be the, the main place that's where you need to go okay yeah. cool so there's some of your work up there at the moment and uh, you'll be posting about stuff as it comes out and so forth yeah exactly great so is there anything else you want to talk about or touch on while we're here and what no. you want to thank so far in your career and stuff? In my career, cheers. Um, or just in general? In general? Not, it sounds terrible, not really. Um, I guess everyone that's involved at the moment, like Thomas Donahue and Jeff and Benny, yeah. Warner Clayton's, Callum, for being a support. Uh, no, nobody really. I feel like this is a... Uh, You're going to be like, this is, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the moment of... Because uh, I'm from Kilkenny, so I always have these notions about uh, I could have been a hurler yeah, yeah. and I could have had that moment of croak back where I I thank everyone at the end of the match like your, your dad or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I should not I've no one to thank yet no, yeah. no. <laughs> fair enough we'll, we'll, we'll do one in five years just yeah I'll have everyone to thank and, yeah. yeah I don't know I just think I think we just we all need to support ourselves a bit more yeah all, all the creative musician folk I think well I think that's part of my in general kind of mindset behind this is like well that's it this everyone is great, has a great idea. story to tell and the amount of people I've met because of this and even within this small village or Connemara in general there's so many people doing so much things <sighs> that their neighbour might not know about if I could just get more conversations going or get one more person to know about something someone's doing then it's great it's worth it absolutely man yeah so I'll be looking for some recommendations off you now for who's on it. For people? Yeah. Oh, I have loads, yeah. yeah. I don't want to name rap now. But yeah, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> they have to show up then. Yeah. All right, that's that was great. I really enjoyed that, Gary. Thanks Thank so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah. That's all for today's episode, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by P3B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store, or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com, or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again, and catch you on the next episode.